Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters. Today's lesson will be called spiritual, spiritually drifting, brothers and sisters. There are many who claim to be followers of Christ, brothers and sisters, that are not real. We're going to talk about that today. They have no real spiritual life because they haven't made it a point to develop spiritually. So slowly they begin to drift back into the world, brothers and sisters. Backsliding. That's what Christians call it, backsliding. Or the, the, the biblical term is apostasy, which is falling back from the knowledge, the truth, the light going back into the world, brothers and sisters. And it begins with a spiritual drift. They begin to drift away like a unanchored boat, brothers and sisters. They just start drifting back into the world slowly but surely. So we're going to talk about that today, brothers and sisters, because we must endure. He who endure to the end shall be saved, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to John 6, chapter 6. We're going to read verse 66. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to start in the gospel. John 6 and 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Read that one more time, Brother Corey. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So it's evident, brothers and sisters, that people would fall away. If you could fall away when you've actually seen Christ himself walk, then they'll fall away now, brothers and sisters. This particular scripture, if you examine it, emphasizes that everyone who starts the race will not finish the race. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Went back. So they had to start, but they went back, brothers and sisters. Many will see the task at hand and convince themselves that they can follow an alternative route and still get to the destination, brothers and sisters. If you could walk with Christ, if you could touch Christ and learn from him and still fall back, then it should not be, you know, it shouldn't be ab above the, the realm of understanding that this same thing would happen today, even more so, brothers and sisters. So we shouldn't be surprised by people who have abandoned the faith and chosen something else in its place. I remember years ago, uh, some brothers and some sisters, they would bring me a certain teacher that was out there. I'm not going to put his name out there because I don't even want people to go look for this brother. But he was teaching, and he usually taught by himself. He, he didn't really congregate or anything like that. And then, uh, maybe a year or two later, he's talking about hydroponics. People ask him, well, what happened, brother? You were breaking down the Bible beautifully, according to the people that I know. And he said, well, that was fake. I'm done with that. And I'm like, wow, brother. So all these people that were now following you, if you're the teacher, you're supposed to be the, the strength. And you've put it down, that can rock somebody's faith, brothers and sisters, especially if your belief is in a man. And that's why you can't have belief in a man, because a man can fall off, brothers and sisters. You have to have your own walk. You cannot say, well, I have respect and honor for this particular brother or this particular teacher. And, you know, if he falls off, then what can I do? A lot of people, we see greatness and we like to attribute greatness to a man when really you should be looking at the God that instilled that greatness in that man and not the man because the man isn't great. A lot of times you see the devotion, the commitment that a brother or sister had 
And we say that's a great man when really we should be looking at the God that gave that man commitment and devotion, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? <clears throat> Verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So we wanted to magnify that, that people will fall away the same way they did in Christ's time, brothers and sisters. Don't be shocked when you see this. If, there will never come a time where a brother or a sister come find me in 10 years and I'll be doing something different. It's not going to happen. You can find me in 25 years. My focus will still be the same, brothers and sisters. And that must be all of ours, all of our uh, uh, state of mind, brothers and sisters, no matter who falls away. Doesn't matter who falls away. I'm going to stand on my square. I'm going to endure it until the end. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 4. We're going to deal with the epistles, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. We wanted to show that there were certain people that followed Christ in the physical and still walked away. Galatians 4 and 8. How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no God. Right, so... At one time, we followed something else. We followed other gods. We followed demons, brothers and sisters. It says, how be it when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. So when, before we came into the truth, we were being led by Satan, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 8. How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which were by nature are no gods. But now... After that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements? Read that part again. How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? To do what? To be in bondage. To do what? Be in bondage. After being liberated, brothers and sisters, through grace, how dare you turn back to wickedness? How dare you? You're begging to be in bondage. This is what Paul is saying, brothers and sisters. How have you returned to your former state of a heathenistic bondage? How? This happened, brothers and sisters. This happened even in the church of Galatia, brothers and sisters. Galatia was a church, brothers and sisters. Ephesus was a church. The church of Corinth. These were actually churches. Brothers. These were letters to churches, brothers and sisters. These were Israelites here. These were Israelites. Can you read that from the top, brother? Verse 8. How be it then? When ye knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? So he's asking, brothers and sisters, how can they even ponder turning away from the freedom that's received through the truth, brothers and sisters? You would rather follow that weak and beggarly element. You'd rather follow demons. You'd rather follow, follow Satan. You'd rather follow other gods. Because the Bible tells you it's only two masters. So if you're not following the Most High, by default, you're following the deem, the devil. By default. You may not be a Buddhist. You may just say, hey, well, I'm, you know, I'm just doing me. Well, you, you're following the devil. You'd rather follow something weak with no power, brothers and sisters. We, we wanted to magnify this. We wanted to talk about spiritually drifting, brothers and sisters. Because it doesn't happen, nobody wakes up the next morning and be like, you know what, I'm done with the Bible. This happens gradually, brothers and sisters. They slip back gradually and start to just drift. 
They don't have that love that they had before. When you first got it, you were so excited. Christ, man of color, Sabbath, no Christmas. But what happened? You got lack of, they got lacks of days ago, brothers and sisters. When, when you first, it's just like being in a relationship. You have that honeymoon period where everything is just good. You just, you can't stop smiling. And, you know, you look past everything. But once you're settled in, the problems occur. You're like, man. That first joke that I had is gone. Now, what, how can I sustain? How can I sustain, brothers and sisters? The same thing happens in the truth if you don't nourish yourself. That first energy that you get, that first love that you get when you come into the truth, eventually it runs out, brothers and sisters. So you have to continuously stay nourished in order to stay energized and charged up to continue this race, brothers and sisters. We're going to Galatians 5 and 7. Just, a, just one chapter over. Galatians 5 verse 7. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Read that one more time, brother. You did run well. He said you did run well. So some of us, some were making good progress spiritually, brothers and sisters. They had a good beginning. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? See? So who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth, brothers and sisters? So even though some people start off strong, something would arise. Some people would stop obeying the instructions given by the Most High, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time? Verse 7. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. So this emphasizes that salvation and sanctification is a matter of obedience, brothers and sisters. You're no longer on the run if you stop obeying, brothers and sisters. Read, read uh, the last scripture again, brother. Verse 8. This persuasion cometh not of him that calls you. See? So whatever encouraged you or influenced you to turn away and find something else, brothers and sisters... That's a wicked influence. And we're going to go into what that wicked influence is, brothers and sisters. That's not the most high. I spoke to a brother years ago. He told me, uh, you know, we're talking about the Bible because that's what my conversation usually is about. And he said to me, oh, yeah, the Bible. Yeah, I'm past that. We, we didn't already ran through that. I'm like, what you mean ran through that, brother? As if there's something else. Oh, yeah, we dealt with that already. What do you mean you dealt with that already, brother? This is not something that you can put down <laughs> thinking you have it all. I was flabbergasted, brothers and sisters. I'd never heard somebody say, yeah, oh yeah, we used to do that. We moved on to bigger and better things. Really? What, what, what bigger and better things? This is a lifelong journey, brothers and sisters. Can you read 8 and 9, uh, excuse me, 7 and 8 one more time, brother? Verse 7. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. So we're going to go and see who is this persuasion coming from. Who's encouraging us to turn away, brothers and sisters, after we've had the truth, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Mark. I'm going to stick in the gospel here, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. We're going to Mark chapter 4. We're going to read verse 15. Mark 4 and 15. And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Brothers and sisters, we're going to go and show you what happens 
to those who turn away from the truth. Satan works overtime, brothers and sisters, to keep people from giving serious attention to the word of God. Examine this scripture. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. And these are they by the wayside, where the, where the word is sown. Where the word is sown. So they're being taught. They're hearing it. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately. Read that part again. Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown so, in their hearts. So this is the first battle. When it's being heard, brothers and sisters, immediately Satan comes. Immediately. So when it's being heard, these people are doing what? These people are usually daydreaming or, or, or asleep. That's Satan right there because when it's sown immediately, right away, he's like, let me get it. It won't be able to take root if I get it right away. So they're sleeping. They're asleep while, while it's being broke down. That's evident that there's a spiritual war going on. Satan's fighting right there. Immediately when it comes. Read it one more time, brother, please. Verse 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when, the, when they have heard the word, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Right. So he makes people inattentive, brothers and sisters. They're in a daze. They're, they're focused on something else. So what happened today at school, or at the job, or what's going on tomorrow, or, or sleep, brothers and sisters. Immediately there's an attack right away when the word is being read and there's edification. Because why? The word, if it's being sown and it's not taking root, then these people will drift away. Because from the get-go, it never took root, brothers and sisters. These are those who usually are not spiritually developing. It's evident because Satan is attacking them right from the jump. It can't even take root. Uh, go to verse 17, brother, please. Verse 17. And have no root in themselves. Read that again. And have no root in themselves. See, how can it have root? If they were inattentive when it was when the when it, when the seed was being sown, when the seed's being sown, it can't take root if you're not receiving it. If the soil isn't good, brothers and sisters. So when you see that, you understand Satan is attacking this person and he's winning right now. Immediately, as soon as it comes, Satan is there. He's like, uh, uh, you're not taking this. I do not want you to have this truth. You need to reject it right now. Reject it. Can you read that again, brother? <clears throat> And have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake. Read that again, brother, from the top. Verse 17. And have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. See, so they endure for a time. They follow it for a time. See? So this, the people that's dealing with this, usually start drifting away, brothers and sisters, or what they call backsliding in the Christian church. They endure for a time, but they didn't take any root, brothers and sisters. So we, we have to we have to put this out there so we can when you see these things, you can identify it, brothers and sisters. OK, there's battle going on there. Satan is fighting for this brother or this sister right now. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17 and have no root in themselves and so endure. But for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately they are offended. See, so look at that. After the word has been received, brothers and sisters, then he attacks with what? With hard times. Convincing us that what? Doing this is too much trouble. So that's his, that's his other attack. Once the word is received, 
Now he's going to send affliction. He's going to send adversity. So you can say, this is too much trouble. This, this is too much trouble. Examine this, brothers and sisters. This is what Satan does. This is what Satan does. Jump to verse 19, brother. Verse 19. And the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word. See, these are his tactics. These are his schemes, brothers and sisters. He'll attack it right away when it's, when it's first being brought out. When the seed is first being sown, he'll attack them to make sure they're not attentive. And if they do get the word, then he's going to send hard times. He's going to send adversity. Read that last scripture, brother, please. Verse 19. And the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of the other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. It does what? Becomes unfruitful. Brothers and sisters. So third, what is he going to do? He comes where the he he comes to where the word has begun to take root and strangles it out with a lie, saying that you're sacrificing too many good things by doing this. Look at all everything you gave up. Look at how much you had to sacrifice for this truth. Examine his schemes, brothers and sisters. We have to shed the light on the scheme, brothers and sisters. We have to shed light on the snake. Because once you have knowledge of it, you can defend it. We have to be able to identify this, brothers and sisters. Because many will start to spiritually just start drifting away. So you can't see him anymore, brothers and sisters. So we, we have to call Satan out. We have to identify what his schemes are, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 2 Timothy 2 and 4. These are the schemes of Satan, brothers and sisters. 2 Timothy 2 and 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Read that one more time, brother. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. Look at that, brothers and sisters. So those of us who plan on enduring to the end. Because remember, the last scripture said the lust of the world. Choke out the word and make it unfruitful. So that means the harmful entanglements with the world must be severed, brothers and sisters. If you care about all the stuff you're missing and what you can't get, it's going to choke the word out, brothers and sisters. If you're going to be a soldier... In Christ's army, that's all of us. We have to sever those cares of the world. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Right. So we cannot be carnal-minded, brothers and sisters. We cannot. It's the only way to be a soldier, brothers and sisters, or you will drift away. Because Satan knows what you care about. And if you care about the things that's within this world, the things you're missing out, the things that you want, you will drift away, brothers and sisters. You will. We're talking about spiritually drifting, brothers and sisters. We cannot concern ourselves with matters unrelated to our mission. We can't, brothers and sisters, because you can't do both. You cannot do both. You cannot deal with distractions, the things that are distractions, brothers and sisters. You have to throw it out. You have to, or you will drift away because you're being distracted. See, Satan don't really care if you're distracted because as long as you're distracted, you're not running because you're distracted. Even if he don't knock you out, even if he don't kill you, you being distracted is good enough. 
Because while you're distracted, the finish line is, is, is still moving and you're distracted. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 4. Verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Right. See, so no man, when it says man, that's that's a woman too, brothers and sisters, can entangle themselves with the affairs of this life, which means to be distracted, brothers and sisters, to be carnal-minded, brothers and sisters. Because these are all the things Satan are going to throw at you to cause you to deal with apostasy or to, quote-unquote, as Christians say, backslide, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. First, uh, excuse me, First John chapter 2, verse 15. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> we have to uncover this deception. First John 2 and 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the, the love of the Father is not in it. To show you that you can't do both, brothers and sisters. You cannot do both. If you love the world, you have misplaced affection, brothers and sisters. You cannot receive the kingdom and go, you know, to just go on through life serving your lust. You can't. You either have to choose one. The world, the things that are in the world that you want, or the most high. You can't do both simultaneously. And many try. Many try to juggle, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So you can't please the Most High that way, brothers and sisters. You can't. You cannot please the Most High this way. Can you uh, continue, brother? Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. These are the things that's in the world. These are the things... That cause people to spiritually drift, brothers and sisters. This is what caused people to say, I'm sacrificing too much. I could have been doing this. I could have been doing that. I mean, I got time. I got time. Christ's not coming back right now, is he? Let me go get this money. Let me go, you know, let me go do this dirt real quick. Get what I need, then come back. Don't they always say that? Do they ever come back? No, they never come back. Well, you know, I just need to go. Read it one more time, brother, please. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Right. The lust of the flesh, fulfilling your flesh, brothers and sisters. It says the pride, excuse me, the lust of the eyes, the things that you see, that's being covetousness. Well, why does he have this? Well, why does she have that? I deserve this. I should have that. See, that, that's the lust of the eyes, brothers and sisters. And then it says the pride of life. I, I want to live a better life. I want to be have status. I want to have this house. I want to be able to have a three-car garage. These are the things that choke out the word, brothers and sisters. You cannot love the world and love the most high simultaneously. And most people want to do both. But you cannot, brothers and sisters. You cannot. See? So some people say, listen, I want to fulfill my will and God's will simultaneously. They say, listen, if I can fit God's plan into my plan, that would be ideal for me. That's that's what people do, brothers and sisters. Listen, I have my plan. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fit what God wants me to do within what I'm trying to do. The Most High is telling you, you can't do that. You don't deserve the kingdom if you can't give it up. Because you can't have this kingdom and the kingdom to come. You can't. Choose one. 
Choose one, brothers and sisters, each and every one of us. We know people who've come into the truth. And even within our church, we've had people come in years ago and run full speed for a while, for a year, too. And then they start slowly drifting back, brothers and sisters. Because it takes courage. It takes endurance. Everybody's not going to finish the race. We're going to read 15 and 16 one more time and then we'll move on. Verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Exactly, brothers and sisters. You can't do both. And that's really what the problem is. People want to please God, but they want to do it how they want to do it. See, that's the deal. I want to win, but I want to win my way. I'll do what you say do, but let me do what I need to do first. And then, yeah, I'll do exactly what the most I say, but let me just do this first real quick. Let me just get this. As soon as I get this, I'm going to come back. Brothers and sisters, you cannot do both. You cannot do both. We're going to go to James 1 and 8 to magnify that. We're staying in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Stick with us, please. This is a very important lesson, brothers and sisters. Because the people that are in the walk with you now may not be there in six months. They may not be there in a year. Because they care about all the wrong things. Too much adversity come up. Oh, no. I Listen, I... I didn't come here for all that. I thought if I came in the truth, I was having an easier life. I've had brothers say that. Like, man, if I wanted to go through all this adversity, I could have stayed in the world. We've, we've heard that too, brothers and sisters. We're going to James 1 and 8. James 1 verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Read that one more time, brother. A, double man, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Why? Because he's trying to play both sides of the fence, brothers and sisters. That's why. You cannot. It's a conflict of interest, brothers and sisters. Because depending on the circumstance, your devotion will be swayed one way or another. You have to be fully set on the most high or fully set on the world. Read that one more time, brother. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Why? Why is a double-minded man a man who don't know what he want to do? He want to have his foot in the world and have his foot in the truth. Why? Why is it unstable, brothers and sisters? Because their commitment is determined by the circumstance. So I'll do what he say as long as it don't interfere with what I'm trying to do. You can't be trusted. That's what the Most High is saying. He's unstable. He can't be trusted. He won't follow everything. She won't follow everything I say. They'll follow most of it. But there's certain things if I tell him or her to do or not to do or drop, they won't do it. Because of the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. Unstable in all his ways. And that throws off everything, brothers and sisters. That throws off everything. Every decision in your life is thrown off because you, you, you plan in the middle. You're in the gray area. Cannot do it, brothers and sisters. Eventually, the people that played this card, they will drift away, brothers and sisters. You will see them drift away eventually because they haven't made their mind up. They haven't made their mind up. We're going to Revelation 3 and 15. Verse 15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would, I would thou work cold or hot. I'd rather you be cold or hot. Verse 16. 
So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. See, so because you have one foot in and one foot out, I will vomit you. That's what he's telling you. Everybody wants to follow God, brothers and sisters. But they want to follow God their way, brothers and sisters. Especially Christians. Especially Christians, brothers and sisters. Yeah, I want to follow him, but I'm going to do church on Sunday. So yeah, I want to give him what I want to give him. Israelites do the same thing, brothers and sisters. If you're lukewarm, that means you want to follow him when it benefits your plan, brothers and sisters. That's lukewarm. Can you read uh, 16 one more time, brother? Verse 16. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So mankind, brothers and sisters, has an innate desire to want to worship the Most High. But he wants to be free to do it the way his mind tells him to do it. And you can't do that. You're lukewarm. You're, you're lukewarm, sister. You're lukewarm, brother. Read, read that scripture one more time. Because the consequences of being lukewarm are grotesque, brothers and sisters. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You make the most high nauseated. You make him sick. And now, now you're just caught in a loo. You're not getting blessings from Satan or the most high. Because you're in the middle. So Satan's like, I'm not giving him anything. Because he may go back to the most high. The most high is like, I'm not giving her any, him anything. Because he may go ahead over to the other side. So now you just, you're not getting blessings from anywhere. You're just right in the middle, stuck. With no progression. We wanted to show you how the Most High feels when we straddle the fence, brothers and sisters. Those who straddle the fence, those who are lukewarm, brothers and sisters, no matter whether it's a brother or a sister, they're lukewarm because why? They desire some similitude of their old life, which is what? Non-accountability and lust of the flesh. There's certain parts of that old life that they wish they still had, brothers and sisters. That causes them to be lukewarm. They're in the middle. They're playing hopscotch, brothers and sisters. Jumping in and out. It's jump rope. You can't do it, brothers and sisters. These people will begin to spiritually drift away, brothers and sisters. These people will backslide. It, it will happen. And they may be good sisters and good brothers. But Satan have tricked them out of their reward, brothers and sisters. So if you see somebody lukewarm, understand that if that brother or sister don't make a decision quickly, that they will drift away, brothers and sisters. And the consequences are grotesque. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You don't want to be spewed out of the Most High's mouth, brothers and sisters. You don't, you don't, you don't want to be vomited out by the Most High. You make him sick. If you're lukewarm, he'd rather you be cold. Just be cold. Just, <laughs> but don't play. The, don't straddle the fence. Don't be a tear. Don't act like you love me and you want to follow me. That's why. Listen, I respect atheists because they go all the way and they're upfront about it. What I don't respect is people who claim they love God, claim they want to follow Christ, but don't follow anything He said. They're Christians entitled only, brothers and sisters. Those are the people you have to really watch out for because they claim they love God. An atheist, at least they tell you right out, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in God. I believe we came from apes. Listen, I, I respect you for standing on your faith no matter how ignorant it is. What I don't respect is those who straddle the fence, brothers and sisters. So these people who are lukewarm are looking back at the past saying, 
I miss doing that. I miss being able to do that. I still want this. I still want that. The Bible warns you of that, brothers and sisters. We're going to Ecclesiastes 7 and 10. Please follow us. Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 10. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. See? Read, read that one more time, brother. Say not thou, what is the cause of that cause that the former days were better than these? See? Because you'll have some people who say, my life was better back then. There were certain things back then that was, you know, it was easier for me to do. I had fun. I fulfilled my flesh. They're reminiscing on the past. Those are the lukewarm brothers and sisters. Because they remember all the dirt. All the filth they was doing in the world. How there was no accountability. Saying, I mean, it's no comparison. Back then what I was doing and what I'm doing now. This isn't fun. This isn't fun. So the lukewarm find themselves reminiscing on the fleshly privileges that came with ignorance. Brothers and sisters. Because you didn't, you didn't know any better. So we was eating the pork. Celebrating the, the holidays. Fornicating. We were doing all that. We, we were ignorant of the fact. So people look back and say, man, I was ignorant and I didn't enjoy it to its fullest. I should have enjoyed it to its fullest while I was ignorant. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 10. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. This is the argument of a mind that's unthankful and, you know. A fool, pretty much, brothers and sisters. A mind who thinks like this is unthankful of the mercies, the undeserved mercies that the Most High have given us, brothers and sisters. If you believe your life was better while you were living in sin, you're a fool. That's what it's telling you. It says, for thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. That's not wise. That you think it was an easier, better life when you was headed <laughs> straight to hell. This is the common saying of a fool, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time before we move on? Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. We can't look at the past and imagine the things that we used to do or the freedom that we had to do certain things. Why? Because illicit behaviors always start with incorrect thinking, brothers and sisters. That's where the drifting begins because you're looking at the past saying, man, when I, you know... I was able to do this. I was able to do that. I was able to just do this without thinking. See, that mindset right there, you're already defeated. You've defeated yourself because you're about to drift off. Because you're reminiscing on how good that sin felt. It was good. He's telling you, brothers and sisters, do the opposite of this. Isaiah 43 and 18. Do the opposite. Isaiah 43 and 18. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. See, don't look at your past life unless you're looking at it to learn from it. Don't look at that, brothers and sisters. Don't look at the things that was the privileges of the flesh that came with ignorance. Saying, man, I had it good back then. I didn't even know. I didn't know, man. I was able to just ignorantly go sleep with a hundred women, go to the club, smoke a lot of uh, ganja, snort lines. I was able to do that. And I was, and listen, the Most High wasn't judging me because I had no knowledge. I should have used it while I had no knowledge. The Most High is telling you, 
don't look that way. The Most High God gave us marvelous minds to use, to study, to learn, to observe, to analyze, to judge and think, brothers and sisters. Not to salivate over the wickedness of the past, brothers and sisters. That's, that's not what we're supposed to use our mind for, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold. Right. right. So what does that mean? He's telling you that life is time. And to waste time is to waste life, brothers and sisters. We're wasting time thinking on what used to be, brothers and sisters. Many people are mentally just lazy, wasting a tragic amount of time, brothers and sisters, on the trivial, the temporal, the mundane, the materialistic, wasting time, brothers and sisters, when they could be moving forward. Many people, many people, not just Israelites, not just men, not just women, brothers and sisters, squander countless hours seeking to only fulfill their flesh and be entertained. These people will drift away, brothers and sisters. These people will drift away. Philippians 3 and 13 will edify that particular point, brothers and sisters. Spiritually drifting. Philippians 3 and 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Read that again. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Forget those things that are behind. And reaching forth into those things which are before. See, so we don't reminisce on the fleshly privileges of our sin. We don't do that, brothers and sisters. Paul, the Bible is telling you this, brothers and sisters. Now listen, certainly times to come may be difficult, but if there's no obstacles in your way, you're probably going the wrong direction, brothers and sisters. If there's no obstacles, you're going the wrong direction. That's what the Bible's telling you. We must keep our attention on the road ahead of us, brothers and sisters. A believer cannot look back and still focus on... <laughs> You, you, can't, you can't look back and, and focus on what's ahead, which is the kingdom. How can you look back and focus on what's in front of you, brothers and sisters? You can't do it. Can you read that again? Verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to, a, to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. See, brothers and sisters. Now, the question is, why would people look towards the past? That's the question. Because they know what the future holds. The future holds total obedience and submission under the Most High. That's why they look into the past. Because they know what the future holds. If you're following the Most High God, you know what the future is. You do whatever He told you to do. <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. You're going to submit and you're going to be obedient. <laughs> that's why and people don't think that's fun. They're like, nah. I need to look at all that sin that I did. We're going to show you. Go to Ecclesiastes 1 and 18, because this is the reason why people look towards the past, brothers and sisters. And when you see, we're magnifying this because when you see a brother or sister spiritually drifting, those of you who are spiritual, restore that brother or that sister before it's too late. Ecclesiastes 1 and 18. Ecclesiastes 1 and 18. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. This is why they're looking in the past, brothers and sisters. This is why. Read that one more time, please, brother. For in much wisdom is much grief, 
And he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. So they're cognizant of the fact that the more they learn, the more they have to change, brothers and sisters. This is why they're looking in the past. The more we learn, the less satisfied we are with ourselves. The Bible is telling you this, brothers and sisters. Because why? The Bible was made for correction and reproof. You're supposed to look in the Bible and say, oh my goodness, I've been filthy. I need to change. Some people don't like that, though. That makes them uncomfortable. It's good to be uncomfortable to make you do something. This is why they're looking in the past. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. For much wisdom is much grief, and he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. So what happens? As they begin to learn and read, their heart starts condemning them, brothers and sisters. Their conscience starts working against them, brothers and sisters. They become frustrated. Like, I can't do nothing right. I gotta change everything. Then they start looking at the past where they weren't accountable. Where they had no knowledge that they were doing the wrong thing. That's fun. I didn't have to change. I, I, I wasn't convicted in my heart. So a lot of people would rather look to the past where there was no accountability. When they were chained to the flesh, brothers and sisters. This is why people just slowly drift like a vessel that's not anchored. And this doesn't happen overnight. Nobody wakes up after one day and say, well, yeah, I'm done with that. This happened progressively, brothers and sisters. It was just one thing. Then it became two. Then it got wider. Then it got wider. Because, see, that's the deceitfulness of sin. First, it's just one time. A brother cheated on his wife one time. He didn't get caught. He's like, oh, hold on. Let me dip my foot back out there real quick. Because I ain't get caught. I ain't feel it really good. I, I didn't see it. But let me see it again. Let me go back to what I overcame before. So I can overcome it again. This is what people do, brothers and sisters. The Bible is telling you. We have to stay close to the Most High God. Or we will spiritually drift. And that's everybody, including myself. You can't be stagnant and just try to stay in the middle. So a lot of people will say, I, I don't want to grow no more. I'm good here. I'm much better than I used to be, but I want to stay right here. Because I changed a lot already. And, you know, I want to stay here for three more years. And then I'll change some more after I, you know. I'll change again, but I just want to stay here for now. And then you see it. When they're not spiritually developing, it's because they know there's bigger changes that's coming, brothers and sisters. And it, it scares them. It makes them uncomfortable. It takes courage to do what you all are doing, brothers and sisters. To open up that book and say, no matter what I read, if I'm wrong, I'm going to change it. If he says stop, I'm going to stop it. That takes courage, brothers and sisters. That takes full submission you have to submit. There's only one way, brothers and sisters. You must submit. We're going to Hebrews 4 and 12, brothers and sisters. Much wisdom is much grief, brothers and sisters. Much wisdom is much grief. Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, they tell you that the more knowledge you get, the more grief. Why? Because the Bible is just cutting you. If you're a sinner and you're reading this Bible, you're just being cut all over the place. You're like, that's what the Bible is supposed to do, brothers and sisters. 
That's exactly what the Bible is supposed to do. So these people can no longer be comfortable in their sin the more that they learn. Because the Bible is just cutting them. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So people would rather be ignorant to some degree so they can have plausible deniability. Well, I didn't know. I, hey, man, I didn't know eating pork was wrong. I didn't know Christmas was wrong. I didn't know watching uh, pornographic, uh, you know, stuff was wrong. They want to be able to deny it. Say, I didn't really know, so I can't be accountable. I didn't know. That's what they want, brothers and sisters. The Bible is not meant to make you feel bad. It's meant to correct you. Correction, brothers and sisters, is a natural expression of love. And when it's received well, it produces peaceable fruit. We can't be offended, brothers and sisters. God loved us enough to show us what was going to lead us to hell. Because he could easily never gave you the book. And the sin would still be the sin whether you read the book or not. So you're going to be judged regardless. You would rather him give you an opportunity and a way out, brothers and sisters. That's what you would rather. Even though it's uncomfortable, you don't want to hear one that day. Depart from me. You worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Because why? I don't know you because you don't know me. If you knew me, you would have followed me. This life is short, brothers and sisters, when eternity is just that eternity. You could do right for 40 years, for 50 years, for 80 years, and then live for eternity. This is a short life, brothers and sisters. This is short for you to be able to rule and reign, be heirs of the world forever. You can live this. You can do this. Some people are not up for the task, brothers and sisters. They're double-minded. They're unstable in all their ways. You can't look back, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Luke 17 and 32. Don't look back into the past with admiration. Luke 17 and 32. Luke 17 and 32. Remember Lot's wife. If you want to remember something, this is what you remember, brothers and sisters. Remember Lot's wife. What happened? Uh, verse 33, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. Right. Why? Because remember Lot's wife, brothers and sisters, she looked back reflecting on everything she left. And what happened while she was reflecting? She was utterly destroyed. Looking back into the past destroyed her in the present, brothers and sisters. The Most High is telling you, you will have to leave everything behind and don't look back. She looked back. Why? Because it was things that was going on there that she wanted, that she longed for. It was things she agreed with there. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 32. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Brothers and sisters, spiritual warfare involves the mind. Why? Because the mind affects your morals, brothers and sisters. So what happens? We must be alert to spiritual danger that comes through the mind. That's our thoughts. If you start thinking back in admiration of the things that we did, you're getting ready to lose. If you're looking back, matter of fact, you've already lost. 
And that's incredibly irresponsible that God woke you up and gave you this incredible truth. And now you're looking back at the past thinking, man, I should have lived this to the fullest. I should have did all this dirt. I would have came to God eventually, but, you know, I, I should have experienced more dirt. I should have did it. Apostasy, brothers and sisters, or falling away, spiritually drifting starts in the mind, brothers and sisters. Lot's wife, she turned back because she was longing for what she had left behind, brothers and sisters. And God's judgment fell upon her swiftly. Don't look back, brothers and sisters. Don't look back. Because if you look back, you're going to start to drift, brothers and sisters. If you are looking back, it should be to say, look how far I've come. Look how far I've come. I used to be a vile man. I used to be, you know. And now, look how the Bible has changed me. Look how my God has delivered me and liberated me. Not to say, man, when I was back there, I was out, you know, I would have been able to do this without being judged. I would have been able to sell the dope. I would have been able to. Now I can't do it with that on my conscience. I would have been able to, you know, sleep around. If you're looking at it like that, brothers and sisters, you will lose. We're going to Genesis 19 and 26 because he said, remember Lot's wife. Genesis 19 and 26. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. See, so when the way forward is difficult, brothers and sisters, it forces you to live by faith and not by sight. That's why going backwards or looking backwards is much easier because you already know what you're returning to. That's why she looked back, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. See? So looking forward, you have to live by faith, brothers and sisters. Looking back, there's no faith required because you already know what you came from. You've been there and you've done that. And now you're getting ready to return. That's why a lot of people go back. Because they don't want to deal with the faith of unknown. The unknown. What will I have to change? What will I have to do? Where will I have to move? I want to just go back to where I knew what I was going to do because I was the one making the choices and the decisions. Brothers and sisters. These people will start to drift away. We have to make sure it's not us. If you catch yourself doing these things, you have to tighten up. You have to repent and get into your words. Study and pray. You must, brothers and sisters, because why? The flesh is weak. The spirit is strong, but the flesh is weak. Christ said that. It's the faith that it takes to progress. And that's the reason why we look back, brothers and sisters. We're going to Hebrews 10 and 38. Please follow us. Spiritually drifting, brothers and sisters. Hebrews 10 and 38. Now the just, just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Examine that, brothers and sisters. If any man turn back, if he draw back, if he hold back for a second, the most high can have no pleasure in you. So to endure requires a great deal of focus and discipline to, to walk by faith, brothers and sisters. That's what it's going to take. It takes no faith to relapse because you know exactly what you're getting. You know exactly what you're getting. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 38. Now the just, just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, 
my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So those who are in danger of relapsing, brothers and sisters, they won't move forward without physical evidence. That's why. The Bible's telling you to just live by faith. You can't see it. You're not the most high God. You don't you don't need to see it. If you do what he say, then you you're good. You're good. Just like being a child. A child have no say so what goes on in their life. You get up when your mama tells you to get up. You eat what your mama tells you to eat. You get in the car. They get in the car. They don't even know where they're going. Shut up and ride, boy. Right? So he's saying, become a kid again. Because why? Kids don't ask questions. They just do what they're told. They just do what they're told, brothers and sisters. So the Most High can find no pleasure in you if you cannot submit to his instruction. No pleasure. That's in me, that's in you, that's in all of us. Man or woman. Mom or dad. Grandma, auntie, don't matter. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now why would they draw back? Why would somebody turn back, brothers and sisters? Why would somebody be so negligent at holding their position in line for the kingdom? Why? Because the only way that they can obtain what they desire is to go back into the world to get it, brothers and sisters. They know it. They don't have faith that the Most High God will provide what it is they desire in a timing that's suitable for them. The Most High will give it to you, but they're like, no, I need it now. The only way I can get this now is if I go back. So listen, I'm going to go back. I'm going to sell dope for just two months because I need to get this sports car. I need to get this down payment on this car. I need to get this down payment so I'm going to go back, sell dope real quick so I can get this money for real fast. Or I'm going to go back so I can sleep with this girl. So I'm going to put the whole truth down, sleep with her, and then I'm going to come back. Then I'm going to come back and I'm going to be good. I just need to get this out of my system. This is what we do, brothers and sisters. This is what sinners do. Our hearts are wicked, all of ours, brothers and sisters. They go back into the world because it's something that's in the world that they want, brothers and sisters. I just need, I just want to get that. And then I'll come back. I, I will come back. I promise I'll come back. But I can't get this through the Most High God because he won't bring it fast enough. I need it now. Read that one more time, brother. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure. See? So you must live by faith. If there's something that you desire, you must have faith that your God will give it to you and not go back into the world to get it. You have him deliver it to you. You don't go back into the world to get this. We're going to show you James 4 and 3. Whatever it is that you desire, you get it from your God. You don't go back into the world to get this. James 4 verse 3. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. So examine that, brothers and sisters. If there's something that you did ask him for, it's because you're looking to, to use your lust for. So whatever you're going back in the world to get, brothers and sisters, you should ask the Most High to deliver it so you can obtain it righteously. You don't have to go back into the world. You just ask the Most High God, and if it's not based upon your lust, he'll give it to you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Right. So you ask your God to deliver it to you, brothers and sisters, instead of going back into the world to obtain it. 
through your own hand. And if you're not receiving it, it's because your wants are being influenced by lust and selfishness. He's telling you, brothers and sisters, if you're asking and he's not giving it, it's because of the lust. And this doesn't just doesn't mean sexually, brothers and sisters. There's a plethora of different types of lust, but sexually too, brothers and sisters. So the Most High is telling you, you, you're going to consume this with your flesh. You're not using this to get closer to me. You're not using this for righteousness. You want this for your selfish reasons. That's why you want this. So the answer is no. And people know this. So they're like, okay, I'll go get it myself then. I'm going to go back in the world and get it myself because I know I want it for lustful reasons. I know. He's not going to give it to me. I got to go get it myself. Remember this, brothers and sisters. If you abandon your position, you will lose your position. Because people say, well, listen, I, I got the truth. I got the truth. Let me just go get what I want and I come back. When you come back, the position's gone. The position has been filled. If you leave your position, you will lose your position, brothers and sisters. The Bible is telling you, whatever you want, just ask your God. And if you're asking for the right reason, he will deliver it to you. You have no reason not to deliver it to you. Now, if you're doing it for some other reasons that all people have sometimes, you're not going to get it. And them not getting it is reason for them to be lukewarm, brothers and sisters. The Bible is shedding light on some, some tough business here, brothers and sisters. Some tough business. When you see your brothers, your sisters, people around you. We've had people come into the church for a while. They'll come in for a month. And then they'll taper off. And then I'll see them. And I'm like, well, what happened, sis? Oh, yeah, I started going back to the Christian church. Oh, I know why you went back to the Christian church. Because you felt that sharpness of the words. You're like, nah, I just want to go back to sleep. I just want to go back to Christian church where I'm accepted. And I don't have to change. When I sit up in there... I feel like I'm condemned, like I have to change. So we've seen it, brothers and sisters, even within our own church. People feel condemned, so they want to go back to what's comfortable. And these people have fell right back asleep, brothers and sisters. They have fallen asleep again. Read that scripture one more time, brother, please. Verse 3. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss. That you may consume it upon your lust. So we wanted to magnify that because people say, well, I'm asking the Most High God for certain things and he's not answering. He did answer. The answer was no. You remember when you used to ask your mama, your daddy, or whoever raised you, can I go outside? And there was no response. When that actually was a response, at least if you grew up in a black household or probably even Hispanic households, that was actually the answer. The answer was No. <laughs> So, and it's, it's not because he don't want you to, you know, experience the fullness of life. The, the reason that you're asking is not a good reason. So, he's not going to give you something that's going to destroy you. He's not going to give you something to destroy you. The same way when you're a parent, your parents are not going to give you everything you want. Especially if they know it's going to be used to destroy you, right, brothers and sisters? So, the Most High God is our Father. He knows what we can handle and what we can't. Sometimes... We're asking for things we're not spiritually developed enough to handle yet. And he knows. So maybe the answer is just no for now until you show some growth. Then, all right, because you can handle it. But right now, at this point, you will destroy yourself if you had this. We're going to go to Matthew 7 and 13, brothers and sisters, because those are the reasons why people dibble and dabble and go back into the world. Because the things that they're asking for, they're not receiving. 
Matthew 7 and 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Read that again, brother. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Right, many go into the, the wide gate. Wide is the gate to destruction. That's how you know Christianity is wrong. Because there's 3.5 billion Christians, brothers and sisters. That's not, that's, that definitely can't be the way. Because anytime your parents used to tell you, if, ever, if everybody's doing it, it's wrong. Because most people are not going to do the right thing because it's too exhausting mentally to do the right thing. You go opposite of what everybody else is doing, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. See, so it's going to take full submission in order to make it into this narrow gate, brothers and sisters. And that's why... People looking at the past. This is why they drift back, brothers and sisters. They're like, okay, I know where the gate is. I'll just get what I want and I'll come back because I got the coordinates. I know where it's at. It'll be there when I come back. Little do you know, when you leave that position, you lose that position. So the question is, what will happen to those who once found the gate, but who turn away from it then? That's the question. What awaits those who've learned the truth, brothers and sisters, acted on it, accepted baptism, received the Holy Spirit, but then turned away and said, I have better things to do right now. That's the question. That's the question, brothers and sisters. Because if, you, if you're blessed to find the gate, if you're blessed enough to find the gate, how can you leave it? How can you leave it? When this gate was narrow, you got the coordinates that are hidden. And you're like, listen, I got to go do something. You know, I'll be back though, because I know where it's at. You're going to be shocked when you come back and that gate is moved somewhere else. We're going to show you Hebrews 6 and 4. What happens to those who leave that gate? Thinking they want to get something from the world and then come back. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 6 verse 4. Hebrews 6 verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened... And have tasted of the heavenly gift, who were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance. Read that part again. Brother. To renew them again unto repentance. Read the, the front part of six, brother. Verse six. If they fall away, to renew, to renew them again unto repentance. See, so he's telling you, if you reject this gift, brothers and sisters, if you spurn Christ's sacrifice, such individuals are without hope of salvation. You will not make it. If you go back, let, let's examine it again. Read from the top, brother, please. Verse 4. Verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened to have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to, the, to renew then again unto repentance. Seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. See, you put Christ to open shame if you walk away from this. You will not make it. This is what it's telling you, brothers and sisters. This is the dreadful picture 
That picture says it's impossible to restore repentance to those who fall away. You ain't coming back. So all the people who are saying, I'm just going to go real quick and come back. He's telling you, you have no chance. There is no chance. If you walk away from the goodness of this gift and think you're coming back, you're sadly mistaken. You are sadly mistaken. It is impossible, brothers and sisters. It's impossible. This particular passage tells us that sin prevents someone being brought back into the repentance. After falling away, brothers and sisters, if you, if you abandon this noble life in exchange for this world, there is a steep price to pay, and it's your salvation. This is not a game, brothers and sisters. This is not something you just pick up and put down when it gets rough. We're going to read that again so we can grasp the fullness of it. Uh, can you read it from 4 again, brother? For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. So those who once had the truth, it's impossible. And have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. And have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away to renew them again into repentance. Seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh. And put him to an open shame. You put Christ to an open shame. That means his sacrifice was worth nothing. Because you found the gate. You had the truth. You walked away to go do something else. And tried to come back. It's impossible. You're done. You're done. So when you see this happen. Brothers and sisters. Realize that they're not coming back. No matter what they say. Oh I'm just going to get this. I'm just going to get that. You're not coming back brother. You're not coming back sister. I'm sorry. We didn't write this. The Bible is telling you it's impossible for you to receive that salvation because you put Christ to an open shame. You think it's just something you can play with. Christ was crucified on the Passover and you would put that down to, to gain the lust of the world. You don't deserve. You don't deserve eternity. You don't. If you put this down, brothers and sisters, there is no coming back. There is no repentance, brothers and sisters. The Bible shows you that. We're going to show you. Hebrews 10 and 26. You put Christ to open shame. Hebrews 10, verse 26. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no, no more sacrifice for sin. See? See, brothers and sisters, look at, look, look at that. If you put this down for whatever reason, well, it's too much adversity. I'm getting hit from all different ways. Or, you know, it's too much trouble. I'm sacrificing too much. If you walk away from this, it's over. It is over, brothers and sisters. You have to keep this in mind. This is the encouragement to keep you on the straight and narrow. You can't come back to this. It will not be here. It's not a job where you can leave, go get another job, and then come back. And, and then be like, oh, yeah, just come on back, man. Yeah, we got space for you. There is no space. If you leave this, there's no more sacrifice for sins. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 26. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. So when we have the coordinates to that narrow gate, brothers and sisters, and we decide to wander off, you're in danger of losing your ticket into the kingdom, brothers and sisters. So you have to be careful. That's a flagrant negligence that has dire consequences, brothers and sisters. Dire consequences. The Bible's going to magnify. Proverbs 21 and 16. You can't be lukewarm, brothers and sisters. None of us. Proverbs 21 and 16. 
The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Examine that. Shall remain in the congregation of the dead. You're dead. You are dead. If you wander off, if you walk away from this thinking, listen, I'll just come back to it. Listen, I know the truth. You know, I know it. I, I know about the Sabbath. I know about the pork thing. I'm going to go do what I want for a minute and then come back. You will remain in the congregation of the dead. Read that one more time, brother. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. See? Wandering means you're drifting away like an unanchored vessel, brothers and sisters. If you walk away after your own lust, brothers and sisters, you will die without repentance. You will burn for eternity. Because this is not a game. This is serious business, brothers and sisters. Christ's death was serious business. And you have to respect that. You have to respect what our Lord and Savior went through, brothers and sisters. And if you have no respect for that, then you'll find out soon enough. You will find out soon enough. This is not something you can break away from when it gets uncomfortable, brothers and sisters. You have made a life decision. Once you're baptized... You've made that decision. You can't go back. You can't go back. I talked to one brother years ago. He was like, man, what if I go do some dirt and then get baptized like every six months just to clean it up again? I'm like, brothers, you, you better stop playing with the Most High God. You, you really better stop playing because this is not a game. This is not a game. I understand it's a joke and all that, but this is not a game, brother. If you disrespect that water, that living water, you are going to sit <laughs> in the congregation of the dead. This is not a game, brothers and sisters. So when you see brethren or sisters lingering away, you have to restore them. If you're spiritual, if you're strong enough to restore them, hey, brother or sister, I see you you wandering. I, please, please, I, I, please. This is serious, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Don't walk away, brothers and sisters. Don't allow your brethren to walk away. If you see something going on, if you see something, say something. Restore them in the spirit of meekness, like the Bible tells you. Those of you be spiritual and you see your brother or your sister slipping, grab a hold of them. Pull them close. Say, brother, you. the scripture is showing me. This is not what I feel. The scripture says when you start exhibiting these particular, you just start showing these things, that you're on the way out the door, brother. And they, once you go out, you can't get back in, brother. This is not a game, sister. We've had we've had people come right in, learn the truth, and then say, ah, that don't make me feel comfortable. I, I'm going back to the Christian church. These people will never come back again. They will never, because when you first get the truth, that's the most energized you'll be. So you're not going to come back again. You can't come back again. You've went too far. You've made a life decision. We're going to show you what that decision entails. We're going to 1 Timothy 1 and 18. Brothers and sisters, please follow us. Spiritually drifting. 1 Timothy 1 and 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them, by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. Which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Which some what? Have put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Examine that. 
So they put away the faith. They had the truth, brothers and sisters. The person who has fallen back into willful sin, brothers and sisters, will do what? They will drink in iniquity like water, brothers and sisters. And what will happen? They'll be shipwrecked, which means utterly broken into pieces. That's what happens, brothers and sisters. When they, when they get the truth and then they go back, they become worse than they ever were before. And when you do that, you thereby forfeit the protection of the Most High God. Read that one more time, brother, please. <clears throat> verse 17 or verse 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made a shipwreck. Have made shipwreck, brothers and sisters. They are broken into pieces. They are dismantled, brothers and sisters. Why? Because you walked away from it. The protection went away when you walked away. Examine that, brothers and sisters. When you stay in the faith, in the truth, in the obedience, there's protection there. If you walk away from this faith, you will become shipwrecked. You will sit in the congregation of the dead, brothers and sisters. This is what he's telling you. This is not a game. This is not a game, brothers and sisters. And we must treat it with the seriousness that it deserves, brothers and sisters. It's not something you can pick up and put down, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Those who have been coerced back into the world have proved themselves unworthy of the kingdom. You've proved yourself unworthy of the kingdom because you walked back. We're going to show you. Christ said this, brothers and sisters. Luke 9 and 62. Examine this scripture, brothers and sisters. Examine this. One of the most powerful scriptures in all of the Bible. Luke 9 and 62. And Christ said unto them, unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Examine that. If you pick up this work, this life through baptism and you put that plow down, you're not worthy of the kingdom. You your behavior, your lifestyle, your choices <laughs> are going to lead to whatever that judgment is. You don't deserve it. Because somebody who values something would never jeopardize it by putting it down. Can you read that again, brother? And Christ said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. See, you can't even look back, brothers and sisters. You can't even look back, brothers and sisters. Life is a constant move, movement forward to the kingdom, brothers and sisters. So it's no small matter to renege on the commitment we made at baptism. That's not small, brothers and sisters. You're not worthy of the kingdom if you do this, brothers and sisters. No matter how much I like you, Brother Corey, the commandment keeper trip. <laughs> Listen, we're servants. We, we don't have the authority to say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, you'll still make it in. You're good. If we step out, we're not getting in. Brothers and sisters, no matter how much we like somebody, if you look back, you're not worthy of the kingdom, brothers and sisters. Christ personally warned us of the dangers of failing to follow through on our calling. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 62. And Christ said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Now that right there is serious, brothers and sisters. That's, that, that is serious right there, brothers and sisters. He didn't say drop the power. He said look back. If you even look back.
to think about going back, you're unworthy because you don't see the value in the truth. You don't see the value in the mercy, the undeserved mercy he's given us. And if you don't see the value, some people don't, you know, some people don't see the value until it's gone. Brothers and sisters. Now, the question is, why would somebody be so flagrantly irresponsible to do such an atrocious act of looking back? Because he's being influenced or she's being influenced by something outside of the most high. They're being led by something foreign. We're going to show you usually what it is. Jeremiah 17 and 7. Brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. Can you read that again? Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. Right, so blessed are those who trust in the Most High God. If you look back, then obviously you're not trusting in the Most High God. Because if you were, you would be looking forward to his instruction. What are you looking back at? Verse 9. Verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? See, so you're following what your heart is telling you to follow. Bible is telling you when you look back, that's because your heart is telling you something else. That you deserve something else. Well, I should have this. I should be able to do this. That's your heart. Read that one more time, please, brother. Verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. And you have to know this, brothers and sisters. You can learn from a lie as long as you understand it's a lie that's being told, brothers and sisters. So understand, if your heart is telling you something, you better not follow it because it's a lie. And the, and they'll the heart will justify it. It will twist it and turn it until you accept it. It's a lie, brothers and sisters, and you have to know that. You cannot make any decisions based on your emotions or what your heart is telling you. You cannot because you're getting ready to deceive yourself out of your reward. You can't follow your heart, brothers and sisters. <coughs> The nature of your heart is to deceive you. The Bible's telling you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? See, so I use this as a process of elimination. I know automatically if I'm emotional about something or my heart is telling me to do it, I'm definitely not doing it. I don't care what it is. I'm going the opposite direction because I know whatever my heart is telling me to do is wrong, brothers and sisters. So this actually helps you out. Knowing that your emotion is telling you to do something, you better not do that. See, that's easy. That's process of elimination. It's multiple choice. Okay, my heart is saying that. I'm definitely going this way. I'm going to do exactly what my heart is telling me not to do. Brothers and sisters. So anything my heart is selling me, I'm not buying. <laughs> Period. I'm not buying anything my heart is selling Sometimes, brothers and sisters, you only have to look at the seller to know you're not buying it. That's all you need to look at. You look at the salesman, you're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. You cannot trust the nature of your heart, brothers and sisters. We must be, be honest, though. Be honest about our heart, brothers and sisters. And honesty is difficult. Those of us who turn away is because we're following what our heart desires. Instead of what verse 7 says. Read verse 7 one more time, brother. Verse 7. Blessed is the man that the trust that trusted in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. See? If we're trusting in the Most High, then we won't turn back. We won't walk away. We won't look. Because we're trusting in the Most High God, not what verse 9 says. 
Verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Right. So usually those who turn away, those who drift off is because their heart has deceived them, brothers and sisters. We're going to Proverbs 28 and 26. I'm going to be wrapping it up here soon. Proverbs 28, verse 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Read that again, brother. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Brothers and sisters, examine it. If you, if you trust your heart, you have misplaced confidence, brothers and sisters. Your confidence is misplaced. Because why? It's not in the nature of man to live righteously. Your heart would, is not telling you to do the right thing. Your heart was not created that way, brothers and sisters. It's not meant to tell you the right thing. It's deceitful, brothers and sisters. Your heart leads you to make irrational decisions. So we never make any decisions based on emotions, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. He that trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. See? So those of us who trust in our own heart, we're demonstrating what? Self-confidence and stubbornness. Because you'll trust your own heart over what the Most High is saying. Well, I feel like this and, you know, I should be doing this. I deserve that because I've done this and I've waited. And You're a fool. Bible's telling you're a fool. Because you'll trust what your heart is telling you over what the Most High is saying. You never trust your heart, brothers and sisters. Never, ever trust your heart. We're going to Proverbs 3 and 5. Because this is what leads us off, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Most High with all thine heart. Read that again, brother. Trust in the Most High with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Lean not in your own understanding. You don't understand. See, that's what he's telling you, brothers and sisters. You trust in the most high God in all ways. Never trust your understanding because you don't understand. And you have to know you don't understand. Read that one more time, brother. Trust in the most high with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Read that again. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Read that again. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy path. In all thy ways. Not in some ways, brothers and sisters. In all thy ways. I tell brothers all the time, I don't make no decisions without praying to the Most High. I don't care how minuscule you think it is. I'm not moving until I get confirmation from him. Because every time I move, it's wrong. <laughs> and I'm honest with that. I know I'm going to make the wrong decision. Because I have no understanding. My heart is wrong. We have to understand that. Be real and know that whatever your heart is saying is wrong. I'm not making any decisions. I'm not moving. I'm not getting another job. I'm not leaving a relationship. I'm not getting a new car. I'm not doing nothing unless I pray on it first. Read that from the top, brother, please. Verse 5. Trust in the Most High with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. See, so obedience is required, brothers and sisters. And this is just not pertaining to the things written on ink. Because see, when you read it in the Bible, it says don't eat pork, don't observe the Sabbath. That's easy. But after you're baptized, the Most High God starts telling you things that's not in Scripture. <laughs> see, that's that next level. That's the next level because you understand now. 
So now he's giving you instruction that's actually not contained in the Bible. Because why? That instruction is for you. That instruction is for you. So why are we emphasizing that, brothers and sisters? We're emphasizing that because sinners love ambiguity to continue in disobedience. For example, the scripture doesn't say stop stripping. But the Most High may tell a sister who's coming to the truth to stop stripping. The scriptures don't say stop selling dope. But the Most High can tell a brother after he's baptized and under the truth, you need to stop that. You see, brothers and sisters? So there's going to be things that he's telling you specifically that's actually not written in the Bible. And what do they do? They'll justify it. They'll say, well, a sister who's, who's, who's been a stripper, she'll say, well, I stopped eating pork, crab, shrimp, lobster. I stopped celebrating holidays. In fact, I don't even strip on Friday night and Saturdays, but I'm not willing to give this up. I've done everything else. See, they'll use that. They'll try to cover. Dope dealer will say, well, listen, I, listen, I stopped fornicating, you know. I stopped watching the pornography. I stopped with the selling drugs on Saturday. I stopped that, but I'm not willing to give it up. I'm doing more good than I'm doing wrong. <laughs> this is what they do, brothers and sisters. They point to everything else that they've been doing instead of putting down the one thing that he specifically told you about. Examine that, brothers and sisters. This is what we do. This is what we do. We start to try to justify it. When he told you specifically, and you understand too. He knows you understand. You try to find a way around it. That's what kids do, brothers and sisters. Kids be trying to find... It's like I said, don't turn the TV on. They'll find a way. Well, oh, it, I sat on the remote. It came on on its own. I mean, this is, this is what we're starting to do, brothers and sisters. He'll tell you specifically, drop this. And then we'll point to everything else. But I did this, and I did that, and I did this, though. I'm just not willing to give this up right now. Because I did this and I did that. I've changed a lot. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Examine this next scripture, Ezekiel 33 and 13. For those who do that, for those who know what the Most High is telling them to do, and they point to all the other stuff that they've done, examine this scripture, brothers and sisters. Ezekiel 33 and 13. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity. Read that part again. And if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. Read that again, brother. All his righteousness shall not be remembered. But for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. Examine that, brothers and sisters. All the righteousness that you did has now gone out the window. <laughs> See, and this is what we do. <clears throat> this is what we do. We try to cover what he's telling us. By saying, but I, I mean, I did, I, I stopped spending money on the Sabbath. I stopped eating the pork. <clears throat> I stopped fornicating. But I told you to stop stripping though. And now you're pointing to all this other stuff. So now all of that has been erased. Read that one more time, brother, please. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. Read that again. All his righteousness shall not be remembered, but for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. Especially when you comprehend what he's telling you. Even though it's not in scriptures, you understand because you're learned now, you're baptized now. You understand what he's telling you to do, but you want to use this as a covering. Some people will try to use this as a covering. I stopped the holidays. I mean, I mean... 
I've done all this other stuff, just not this thing that you told me specifically to do. That one I'm not ready for. But look at all this other stuff I've done. I'm doing more right than wrong. <laughs> to justify their disobedience. Most High is telling you, now all your righteousness is gone out the window. Because now you're trying to justify by pointing to the things you did change. So now you're pretty much a sinner. You've done nothing right. Examine that, brothers and sisters. This is what sinners do. This is what people who are lukewarm will do, brothers and sisters. They'll say, Let's, I mean, you know, I'm going to just stay here in this gray area for three years, you know, because I changed all this other stuff and I did that quickly. But that one thing he told you, that one thing he told you, you won't let that go, will you? And you're going to die behind it because you're being disobedient. Go to 2nd Ezra 7 and 21, brother. We've got about seven more scriptures and we're going to close up. Drifting away spiritually, brothers and sisters. This is, this is serious business here. Because salvation is on the line, brothers and sisters. Salvation is on the line. 2nd Ezra 7 and 21. For God hath given straight commandment to such as Cain, what they should, what they should do to live even as they came. See, so God have given straight commandment. These people have the understanding. They know exactly what he's telling them. What they should do to live even as they came. And what they should observe to avoid punishment. Nevertheless, they were not, they were not obedient unto him. Read that part again. Nevertheless, they were not obedient unto him. But spake against him and imagined vain things. And did what? Imagined vain things. And deceived themselves by their wicked deeds. Did what? Deceived themselves by their wicked deeds and said of the Most High that he is not and knew not his ways. See, so when you start pointing to all the other stuff and say, well, I changed all this other stuff, but this thing, I'm not willing to give it up. You're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself, brothers and sisters. And the Most High is magnifying that. Now, the question is, how do we deceive ourselves? How do we usually deceive ourselves? Ecclesiasticus 3 and 24 will give us the answer. <clears throat> Ecclesiasticus 3 and 24, brothers and sisters. It said, we deceive ourselves. Ecclesiasticus 3 and 24. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion. Read that again, brother. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion. Examine that, brothers and sisters. And an evil suspicion had overthrown their judgment. See, you've deceived yourself by your own opinion. So now you think your opinion can contend with the Most High's instruction. Well, I feel like this. I feel like I should be doing this. And I feel like that. <laughs> you've deceived yourself now. To think that you can contend with the Most High God. Who are you? Who am I? I know I can't contend. I don't justify nothing to the Most High. Because I will be struck dead. <laughs> by trying to put my opinion on what the Most High is trying to instruct me to do. When you do that, you're deceiving yourself. That's arrogance. Arrogance is one of the roots of self-deception, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again? Verse 24. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion, and an evil suspicion had overthrown their judgment. Human pride always, brothers and sisters, blinds us to the truth. Always. When we choose to appear to our own opinion rather than the most highest instruction, you're deceiving yourself. And, and what does that do? When you deceive yourself, that emphasizes your unwillingness to submit. 
because you keep giving your opinion. That's like you, your mom tell you what to do, and then you tell her well, what you think about it. Well, I don't really care what you think about it. I'm your mother. Do what I said. Same way with your father, your heavenly father, brothers and sisters. Your opinion doesn't matter. And the, the sooner you get that through your head, the easier life will become. Your opinion doesn't matter. You're not going to change what the Most High is saying by giving them your opinion. And if you don't, if you're still giving that, you're still fighting that, then you haven't submitted yet. You haven't submitted, brothers and sisters. Pride is the chief weakness in struggling to submit. I know I'm worth nothing. I know my opinion is worth nothing. I know that I'm filthy. I know that I can't make any right decisions outside of my God's instruction. And once you humble yourself to understand that you're nothing, you're nothing, only then will you submit. Only then. We're going to go to Wisdom of Solomon 1 and 5 because once you've deceived yourself, something else starts to happen. We're going through the steps on how people spiritually drift away, brothers and sisters. We're almost done here. Wisdom of Solomon 1 and 5. Wisdom of Solomon 1 verse 5. Remember, Ecclesiastes said you deceive yourself by your own vain opinion. For the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit. Read that again, brother. For the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit. See, so once you deceive yourself, now the Holy Spirit is left. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. For the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit and remove from thoughts that are without understanding and will not abide when unrighteousness comes in. See, examine that, brothers and sisters. Once you... Start basing things off your own vain opinion and deceive yourself. You've now lost the Holy Spirit. Because she can't be a part of deceit and deception and unsubmissiveness, brothers and sisters. This is the result of gratifying the desires of the flesh instead of living according to the Holy Spirit. This is what happens, brothers and sisters. You lose your protective hedge. You lose your protective hedge when you start to deceive yourself based on your own opinion and how you feel. As if the Most High cares how you feel. The Most High don't care how you feel. He don't care how I feel. <laughs> and the only thing we're going to do by continuing to try to fit it in there is make him mad, brothers and sisters. And he is going to break you. He broke me a long time ago. All the way down. To my knees. He broke me already. And everybody have to be broken, brothers and sisters. Everybody have to be broken. Because only then will you submit. Only then, when he break you down and beat you to the ground, will you submit, brothers and sisters. Everybody have to be broken. We're going to go to Matthew 12, because now you've lost the protective hedge. The Holy Spirit has now left. Because you're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself through your own vain opinion. So this is what happens next to these people, brothers and sisters. We have to know all the steps that they're going through so we can know how to help them, brothers and sisters. We're going to Matthew 12 and 43. To show you when that Holy Spirit is gone and you lose that protection, now you're open. You're open now. Matthew 12 and 43. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man. He walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. So when you're baptized and those, un those unclean spirits have now left you and you received the Holy Spirit, those unclean spirits leave now. Verse 44. Then he saith, 
I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. So those same spirits that you were dealing with before baptism, they come back. They make a round trip. And it says, when what? Read that again, brother. Then he said, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. And now you're empty. Why? Because the Holy Spirit already fled. <laughs> Look at that, brothers and sisters. Look at how this works. You were cleansed. Then you fell to your own vain opinion and lost the Holy Spirit. Now that spirit that had you captive before have come back and you're empty. The Holy Spirit is no longer there because you're being deceptive. Now what happens? Read that one more time and then go to the next one, brother. Verse 44. Then he said, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh him with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Read that part one more time, brother. And he taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. See, so now he come back with backup. So now you're dealing with depression. You're dealing with sorrow. You're dealing with anxiety. You're dealing with disobedience. See, it was just one. Now he just came back and brought it all. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Once the Holy Spirit leaves... Your protection is gone. And now you're actually worse than you were before baptism. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 45. Then goeth he, and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Read that part again. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. See, so backsliding or drifting is not the type of game that we want to play with the most high, brothers and sisters. Backsliding has a steep price, brothers and sisters. When we relapse, we deliberately choose to indulge in this life's sinful pleasures, brothers and sisters. This carries disastrous consequences. Disastrous. Because now you become worse. You become worse when that Holy Spirit is gone. Now you're being ran. Now you're dealing with all types of things. It was just one thing before. Now it's ten of them. And they're stronger than what that influence you were under before. This is the consequences, brothers and sisters. This is the end result of spiritual apathy and disregard for the instruction of the Most High. This person now has gone backwards, and now they're even worse, brothers and sisters. Why? Because they wanted to follow their heart. They deceived their self, and through that, lost the Holy Spirit. Now that same Spirit that was cast out, they come back, and they're like, oh, there's nothing here. He's open. She's open. Let me go get my homeboys and come back. That's why the Most High was saying, you will not come back from this. If you drift off, you will not come back because now you're fighting seven spirits and it was only one before. It was only one before. This is not a game, brothers and sisters. This is not a game. This is serious business. So if we feel ourselves drifting, it's time to recommit, repent, brothers and sisters. Study, pray, unless you find yourself tempted, brothers and sisters. Be honest with yourself and say, okay, when I got it, I was doing this and I was responsible. I was accountable. Now I see myself drifting. Come back, brothers and sisters. If you see a brother or a sister 
that's drifting. We encourage you, we beseech you, brethren, to spiritually restore this person, brothers and sisters, before they're utterly wasted. We're going to go to 2 Peter 2 and 20. We're wrapping it up here. Second Peter 2 and 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the, of the Most High and the Savior Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. See, so if you escape the pollutions of the world, you find the narrow gate, you gain the truth, and then you put it back, it tells you that the latter end is worse than the beginning, which is just what we read. Those seven spirits have now come back and you're dealing with all types of stuff because you wanted to be influenced by Satan or by your own heart or by some other person. You not you can't come back from that, brothers and sisters. It's irreprehensible. It's over. It's pretty much over, brothers and sisters. To those that this apply, we're going to show you. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of the righteousness. Then, after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. It would have been better had you never known it at all. It would have been better had you just been ignorant and stayed a heathen than for you to gain this rich knowledge and then to fall back, which brothers and sisters. So usually the people that fall backwards are people who only reformed on the outside. They were never following Christ, brothers and sisters. True followers of Christ don't go back. These were fake followers of Christ, brothers and sisters, who only reformed on the exterior. Mm -hmm. They only escaped the open corruption that everybody can see. But inside, their heart was still filthy, brothers and sisters. They are pretenders, brothers and sisters. The Bible is the Bible showing you this. Read verse 22, brother. Verse 22. But it, is <clears throat> but it is happened that to them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. Read that part again. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the soap... And the soul that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Examine that. You're like a dog. A dog would throw something up and go back and eat it. So you, you overcame it already. The same thing that caused you to need the water, you're going to go back to it? That's what it's telling you. The dog go back to his own vomit. Why? Because it's, it's not smart at all. You're a vile creature. And it's usually in the Bible where it talks about dogs is never in a positive manner, brothers and sisters. Examine that. The word, the dogs are in the Bible about 40, probably 44, 45 times. And not one of them was in a positive fashion, brothers and sisters. Like a dog eating the same thing that made it sick. So the Bible is telling you those who relapse from, the, from God to the world, those who go from truth to error, from grace to vice... Their latter end will be worse than the beginning, brothers and sisters. Read verse 21, brother. Verse 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. So he's saying it would have been better had you just been ignorant. Why? Because now that you have the knowledge, you're liable to a greater punishment. Why? Because the relapse is a greater evil <laughs> Than if you continued in the heathenistic state of ignorance. You gaining that knowledge and then going back knowing better, you're, you, you're open for a greater punishment now. 
Because now you know what you're doing is wrong. And you're still going to do it. We got five scriptures. We're going to close it here. Read 21 one more time, brother, because it links to the next scripture. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Right. Now, why is it saying that? Why would it have been better to just stay ignorant? John 9 and 41 and then James 4 and 17. The gospel, John, excuse me. John chapter 9 verse 41. The Bible tell you it would rather that you stayed in ignorance rather than to get the knowledge and then reject it. John 9 and 41. Christ said unto them, If you were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, we see, therefore your sin remaineth. Examine them, brothers and sisters. This is why he said it would have been better, better for you to be ignorant, brothers and sisters. Because why? The sin and misery would have been far less if you had never known the way of righteousness, brothers and sisters. Why? Because knowledgeable sin is a heinous, aggravated assault on the truth, brothers and sisters. It would have been better had you not known. Can you read that one more time, brother? Christ said unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, We see. Therefore your sin remain. See? So the condition... Of a person that's simply ignorant, brothers and sisters, is not as disgraceful as a person who's been enlightened and then afterwards goes back and renounces. He's telling you, you should have just not even dealt with this. Because you made a life decision that's going to affect you in all facets of life now. It would have been better for you just to stay ignorant. Than for you to pick up this truth, understand the value of it, and then turn away from it. We're going to James 4 and 17, and we're ending it at Zephaniah 1. James 4, verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. See, that's why he said it would have been better for you to be ignorant. Now, if you know what's right, even if it's not written in ink, brothers and sisters, and you don't do it, that's a sin. Even though it's not written in the book. I told you to stop stripping, sister. Even though it's not in the book, that's a sin. I told you to stop selling dope, brother. Even though it's not in there, that's a sin. Because you know what's right. I told you. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Right. So... Their sin would have been far less had they been ignorant, brothers and sisters. So the apostasy or the falling away is a much worse sin than actual ignorance, brothers and sisters. If you know this and turn away, there's judgment, brothers and sisters. Because why? Why is it a greater sin when you have knowledge? It's a greater sin because you have greater knowledge, (laughs) When you have greater knowledge, you have less excuse. Therefore, there's a more severe punishment because you knew. It was different when you was eating pork and didn't know. It was different when you didn't know what I told you to do, what I told you to drop, what I told you to leave alone. That was different. But now you're purposely going against what I told you to do. And we're going to end it here on this last scripture, which is the judgment for that. Zephaniah in the Old Testament, chapter 1, verse 6.
Ze- Zechariah. Oh, excuse me. Zephaniah. Sorry about that. Zephaniah 1 verse 6. And them that are turned back from the Most High. Read that part again. And them that are turned back from the Most High. And those that have not sought the Most High, nor inquired for Him. Hold thy peace at the presence of the Most High. For the day of the Most High is at hand. For the Most High hath prepared a sacrifice. He hath bid his guests. <laughs> Examine that, brothers and sisters. Those who follow him no more. <laughs> Renegades who have left this service, brothers and sisters. Those who are not looking to trouble themselves with what the Most High is instructing them to do. Ruin is coming. <laughs> Destruction from the Almighty. Read that again, brother, from the top. Verse 6. And them that are turned back from the Most from the Most High, and those that have not sought the Most High, nor inquired for it, hold thy peace at the presence of the Most High. It said, it said, hold thy peace at the presence. So when that judgment comes, just keep your mouth closed. Because I told you. See? Hold your peace. Don't even talk. Just get slammed. That's what he's telling you. No more, no more excuse. No more justification. If you turn away, when that judgment comes, that's justice. That judgment is justice. Read that one more time from the top, brother. And them that are turned back from the Most High, and those that have not sought the Most High nor inquired for it, hold thy peace at the presence of the Most High. For the day of the Lord is coming, or is at hand. For the Most High hath prepared a sacrifice. He hath bid his guests. So the punishment of the wicked, brothers and sisters, is regarded as satisfaction offered to the Most High God. He's he's going to be satisfied with destroying you because you turned back. He's going to take pleasure in destroying you. So hold your peace. You have nothing to say. You had the opportunity. It's different if you're ignorant. But when you have that truth and you decide to put it down for whatever reason, or go back into the world for whatever reason, Be prepared to receive punishment. Take it like a man. Take it like a woman. Because you're the big man on campus. You dropped it. You walked away. You're the big woman on campus. So now you take this judgment. That's what he's saying, brothers and sisters. Now, we all deserve to be able to know what is the steps that a brother or sister may go through or, you know, go through before they're, they're all the way backslidden. Or they're all the way drifted off, brothers and sisters. So now we can identify these things. And that's that's what the Bible is for. is for us to be able to have the education, the understanding, the vocation to identify when certain things are progressing. Not only in us, but within other people also, brothers and sisters. So if any of us are experiencing these things within this scripture or know somebody who's experiencing these things, you have to go to the Most High God. Repent. And come back to your first love, which was the scripture, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was spiritually drifting. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more.